Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, for music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. We're going to go back to some of the stewardship messages we've been bringing, and, and this morning we're going to jump into stewarding unity, unity, stewarding unity. How many people know that you're a steward of unity? And how important do you think unity is to the Lord? It's, it's one of the big ones. And if you've lived long enough, you realize that not much happens when you don't have unity. Actually, it's, it's a really difficult situation. It's, and uh, we know that the enemy, the devil himself, he wants to, to divide us. He wants to divide and conquer the age-old strategy. And yet the Holy Spirit comes to unite us. When they were in one accord... Holy Spirit was attracted to that atmosphere in one place, in one accord, and he released the power of the Holy Spirit, released the Holy Spirit on them. And I, and I believe that as the, here at the end of the age, the church is going to have an anointing to come together like never before, a spirit of unity and a bond of peace, and that we're going to see a united and ignited bride. And uh, if we're not believing for that, what, what are we believing for? Anything less than that, and it doesn't. It doesn't work. It's not the standard. It's not the prayer of our Lord the night before he went to the cross, John 17, that you see that what's on his heart is that the, the church would be one, would be united. And we need to dream God's dreams. We need, to, we need to believe the prayers of Jesus are going to be answered and that we are part of that answer, that, that we're part of the solution and not the pollution of our times. Amen? And so let's jump into stewarding unity. Now, just before we read this scripture, well, actually, let's read the scripture first. Let's start there. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. We'll go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 2. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Please be seated. Okay, looking at this passage, I think it's very appropriate that we start off such, such a message uh, talking about unity, which is not an easy thing. In the natural, it's... We're, we're failures. I mean, we just, humans, you look at humanity, and we are very divisive, very selfish. Apart from the Holy Spirit, apart from His help, uh, I mean, we're, you know, you just look at the history of mankind, and you go, are you kidding me? This, this is a mess, you know, and uh, the competition, the jealousy that's amongst us, and, um, but with God, all things are possible, and I think it's appropriate that we start off this passage where it says, be completely humble. <laughs> that kind of sets the stage for something right there. Completely humble and gentle. Be patient and bearing with one another in love. And then that, then that sets up, out of that atmosphere, he, he, he inserts this. He says, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Okay? Uh, some translations say striving to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And so 
What does it look like to strive for something, to, to, uh, to make every effort, you know, to be all in saying, hey, we're going to, you know, come hell or high water, we are going to be united. You know, it doesn't matter what comes against us. We're going we're gonna to cultivate this. We're going to, I remember we watched a video. We actually put it on, on Courtney's story uh, where she was speaking to city leaders. And it was, a, I guess it was a phrase that Sarah and I had shared with her in Austin when they were um, preparing for marriage. And I had told her um, that, hey, one thing, I told both of them, uh, one thing you want to do in marriage is protect, above all, protect your, your unity, protect your oneness. So she had taken that and, and run with it, of course, within marriage, but also she applied it to the city leaders, where there's 400 leaders right before we filled the Bridgestone Arena uh, with, the, what was that called? Uh, surrounded, the Michael W. Smith's worship night. And, uh, and so she got up there and kind of prophesied, above all else, protect your, your oneness, protect your unity. And, um, and, I, and I believe it's, it's such a word for the body of Christ. So we're in such a divisive age, here at the end of the age, when we see the maturing of the wheat and the tares, the righteousness and the wicked are both going to come to maturity. So what is that going to cause? It's going to cause a polarization, a tribalism, and the things that we're seeing. But the, the sad part is that we're seeing that, that, that battle within the, within the church, that those who profess the name of Jesus. And so we're in a time where we're going to have to have, I believe, extra wisdom, extra patience, and extra tenacity to protect the things that are close to the heart of God. Okay? Uh, so we're in a deeply divided time. You look at Roe versus Wade, what just happened, and we're watching the ramifications of reaction in our nation now. And uh, I, I, I celebrate life why do I do such a thing? You might be sitting here and go, well, I'm not so sure about all that. Well, our job as pastors, but as believers in society, is to interpret the Scripture and apply it to our lives. And, and, and I'm under the assumption, actually, I'm absolutely convinced that God is the God of life. He's the author of life. And uh, if you have been part of an abortion in one way, a male or female, uh, encouraging it or, or participating... It's not the end of the world. It's, it's, it is sin, I believe. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there to you guys. And how do we get rid of sin? We repent. Just like any other sin, all the atrocities that we commit, the things that we do as humans, praise be to God for the blood of the Lamb that washes us and cleanses us and makes us new creation, gives us a new beginning. I've heard people say that, uh, uh, that and I, I love this imagery, and I think it, there's a, I think, I'm not saying it's Bible, but I've heard it said a couple times that, um, that when babies are aborted, when a believer goes to heaven, they get an opportunity to, to raise that child in heaven. Isn't that special? Isn't that amazing to think of God redeeming the time, redeeming what was missed, and say, hey, you got, baby, you got a baby waiting for you. Some people have babies waiting for them once they've been washed in the blood and they get another opportunity. And I'm not saying that there's a Bible scripture supporting that, but I, I just know my God, and he's a redeemer of all things. And he restores, and he loves restoring families and reconciliation of mothers and children and families. And, and we're talking about unity this morning. Anyone excited about it? Do you guys feel disheartened when you think of unity? Do you think, oh, I've been there, done that. That's a rough road, man. We just don't see much results. You know, we see churches splitting. We see all these issues in our society. And, uh, 
But I want to tell you something. Never give up on what God says is important. I mean, if we give up on what God says is important, what are we left with? You know? And, and so I, I love the fact that he says, be holy as I am holy, because it's, for one, it's so otherworldly from natural humanity. It's just like, you kidding me? You, you, you talk, you're talking to me? Be holy? I mean, really? You think I can aspire to such a, a, a standard? Well, humanly, it's impossible. Holiness. Uh, not by might, not by uh, power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I think unity is the same. Oneness is the same. In the natural, we are a mess. We're going to divide. We're going to fracture. We don't see eye to eye. We got different. Even within the body, there's such diversity. Now, diversity, uh, biblically, is a beautiful thing. God is a diversified God, okay? Um, and he wants us to learn to appreciate that. He doesn't, it's not, the unity that God speaks of in the body of Christ, it's not, it, it's not conformity. It's not conforming. Everyone become like me. Like everybody shave their head and become like, I'm just kidding. You know, it's, it's not what God's talking about. He loves the diversity of the body and the different gifts and the different functions. And he celebrates that. I mean, we're talking about a God who makes every snowflake different. Every, out of the bazillions and bazillions of snowflakes that have fallen on the earth, including Arctic and Antarctic, if you can imagine such, every, every single one is different. They say every leaf of every tree is different. There's not been one the same. I mean, he loves diversity. He loves uniqueness. And yet he loves oneness. Okay, let's, let's get into this a little more here. So striving to preserve the unity. I want you to think about this as we talk about this. Making every effort, like in your life, taking inventory of your life. How have you done on, on this effort? Uh, on, on this topic of bringing unity, being a man of peace, being a man of unity. There's times when we divide. We don't see eye to eye. There was a time in um, Apostle Paul, and, and you see Mark, and they, go, they, they had a disagreement, and they went two different directions. And I believe sometimes the Lord will use that. He'll say, hey, it's time for you guys. You know, in, in our natural humanity, we're like, hey, let's be together. Let's be together forever. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds great. But there's times where our, our, we come to a, a fork in the road and people have to take two different paths. But there's a way to do it where we can preserve the unity and the peace of the body of Christ. Amen? And so let's go to Romans 15.5. You want to look at that? I'm just going to, this is just a, a talk, if you will, of what it's going to take for us to aspire to such a standard of being one, even as Jesus was one with his heavenly Father. Okay, so we're looking at that. That's the standard, perfect oneness. It says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity. There it is again, a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and, and mouth you may glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying to do this, we're going to need endurance, we're going to need encouragement, and we're going to need a spirit of unity. How many people understand that things, aren't, things don't just happen quickly sometimes? 
especially the most important things, the most beautiful things. You have to keep at it. Think about marriage. I mean, how many people have had to have some endurance with, with marriage? Anybody testify? We got one person? Oh, Corey said, oh, we got two people. All right. Endure- <laughs> marriage is a touchy topic sometimes. Yeah, you got your wife sitting beside you. You're like, oh, yeah, endurance. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, what are you saying? Well, just trying to be true, honey. Uh, endurance, but watch this. With that, encouragement. Encouragement. How, many, how often do we need to encourage one another to keep going, to keep fighting, to, to, to pull up your bootstraps and put on the armor again and, 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 and keep fighting for what's right and doing what's right? These things are part of striving for and fighting for and preserving unity of the Spirit among ourselves, amongst the body of Christ, as we follow Christ. And so we are, we are in some times where even within the body of Christ, traditional denominations are splitting and dividing over modern topics that have been redefined, what, such as marriage and different things. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're in some, some, uh, some interesting times. Let's put it that way. We're in some, some times where you look at America and people even from other nations go, man, I'm just watching the news. And, of course, the news uh, brings you the extreme, extremities of society. It's never as bad as the, new, the news says. Uh, but people are watching, they're going, man, is, is America going to have to have a civil war to solve all this? I mean, what's happening, you know? And I'm sure we've all th- thought such things when we see such a divide growing. Well, I want to suggest to you and I want to I recommend to you and prophesy to you that the body of Christ is the solution, is the answer, is the model, is the prototype that God has left in the earth to be united and ignited. Humanity coming together the way God originally designed us. And it says in Romans chapter uh, 12, verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You might go, everyone? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, as far as it depends on, the reason I think it says it in such a way is sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes it takes two parties to want to be united and, to, and to, to heal things and reconcile. Anyone live that one? Okay, that even happens, sadly, in marriage. And, and, uh, but if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, that your conscience is clean, I did all that I could do. He says, be at, live at peace with everyone. And so we can be a force of unity and reconciliation in the earth, or we can be the opposite. And the opposite is uh, really the work, work of the devil if we participate in, in, in the work of uh, how, how the devil works. And it says in Titus chapter 3, verse 10, and this is a, 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 an intense warning here. It says, uh, warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time and after that have nothing to do with him. You're like, whoa, wait a second. That's pretty, what, you kidding me? Like, have nothing to do with him? This is what the Bible says. This is how precious unity is. This is how destructive d- division is. A divisive person that gets in and divides brothers. One of the things that the Lord hates, it says in Proverbs. And so you don't want to be that person. Um, trust me, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be that guy who divided a church or left it worse than when you came uh, you know, we, got, we have to do this carefully. We have to realize how powerful and precious 
unity is amongst the brethren. And so um, I've had to do that, do that before, warn a person once, warn them twice, and then after I say, you know what, it's just really not working out for us here. What? What are you saying? It's just, I, don't, I think you need to find a different church. You're not happy here. You're obviously fighting against everything here. And, and, and here's the thing. Uh, we need to, um, we need to, to, to adhere to such scriptures. A lot of people are just kind of like, well, let's just make it a sloppy agape mess, you know. And, 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 but there's, there's, there needs to be times where there's a sword, where there's a division, a healthy division, according to scripture, where it says, this is, this is going to destroy the whole flock. One bad apple can start destroying a work that maybe took decades of building and the, the enemy implants someone who's dis- divisive, maybe a, uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And there's a plenty of warnings of these type of uh, people. And so we need to be a people who are on guard. And you look around, you see that what God's building and you see the anointing, you see the beauty, you see people being touched. And, and then, but if you see someone coming in and they're just slicing it and dicing it, and causing suspicion and deception and, and all these things. And as a leader, or even as a, within a family, I think there's, I'm not saying that this is applied to regular families, but in, in, we need to be on guard, guarding, making every effort to preserve, to protect a spirit of unity. We're talking about stewarding unity. As a father, if you, if you saw sons and daughters just tearing each other apart, we need to speak into that. We need, to, we need to, as far as it depends on us, we need to do every effort. Is this making sense? And to be people of peace and reconciliation. Now, we know sometimes people don't, they don't want that. That's not their purpose. And we have to discern those things, too. And so, just before we uh, get to the next passage, um, well, actually, let me jump into this a little bit. I mentioned it earlier when we first started. Unity and uh, diversity, the way God has designed it. And it's a basic principle, the way God creates oneness. It's more like harmony. It's not like every note is the same, and that, uh, wouldn't that be boring? If the body of Christ, and P- Apostle Paul talks about this, says if the body of Christ was made up of one piece, how magnificent and, and how well would that body function if it was all just one big eye? And that instead of many pieces with different functions all brought together in a spirit of, of oneness, which is one big I, right? I mean, just immediately, that's an alien. That's not, what, what is that? You know? And so the Lord brings together these pieces that have to learn to function together. And uh, I'll actually, I'll read part of that. Let me read you. Uh, Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, says, But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body... Every one of them, listen to that, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Very precise, the way God builds and does things, down to the detail. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. How many people rejoice in that, that, that you can have a unique function? You don't have to do what everyone else does in the body of Christ. But you, I, I highly advise you find... What, what are the gifts that God's given you? What's your calling? What are you good at? What makes you come to life? What are your passions? 
Okay, and then it goes on to verse 21. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. Well, our presentable parts need no special treatment. I think it's almost, Paul's talking about there, like private parts of the body. Hey, you, you uh, treat with some modesty. And, and it's, you know, the mouth and the eyes and everyone sees the obvious parts. Hey, they just, they, they are what they are. But, and, and it says, I think when it, when it talks about the parts of the body that are indispensable, though, sometimes we think are weaker. We think, well, you know, what's the big deal about a, uh, let's say a, a liver or a, a kidney, you know, we, in, the, in the natural, we look on the outside, man, the, the eyes, the mouth, the hands get all the attention, the hair, well, you got beautiful hair and all stuff, and, and you know, but try to live without a, a liver, and so the hidden parts are, are, and are indispensable, the weaker part, the parts that we, and that's how, that way everything gets covered, everything is valued in the body of Christ, every person's function, does this make sense? But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one is honored, then every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Are you convinced you're part of the body of Christ? Are you convinced that your part is worthy of honor and to be celebrated? And that a healthy community, uh, when one part is suffering, we all suffer. And when one part rejoices, we all rejoice. Does this make sense? And, and when it's unhealthy, it's like people can be hurting and suffering. And people don't, you know, oh, that's too bad, that's bad news, but they, they don't, they're not moved, they're not motivated to help, they're not standing, they're not covering, they're not protecting. And, uh, and, 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 the, and also when, when one part rejoices or is honored, uh, instead of like truly celebrating, you hear so-and-so, they got this promotion, man, it's amazing, like, and, and we congratulate or we stand with them, we celebrate, but the opposite starts to happen, jealousy competition. Well, why did they get that? Why was I, why was I overlooked? I've been serving longer than they, you know, all that, all that stuff that can, can slip in. And uh, just as I was saying this, I was just thinking to, to give you guys a report that uh, Kenny and Vicki York, um, I don't know if you guys, some of you have heard, but we just got a report a couple days ago, and we're going to be talking on FaceTime later today. But, but Kenny is really having a difficult time. He's in Mexico with his cancer treatments, and he had a and Vicky's down there with him, and we love them dearly. They're really family. They've, I've been with Kenny since the beginning of this ministry, the early years, and uh, but it's not going so well. It's really difficult right now, and they really need healing. They need a miracle. They need some breakthrough. So let's really cover them and know that they're going through that right now, and uh, and we're going to find out more today. But um, the. You know, Vicky can't even come back. It's that serious right now. And they've been there some weeks already. And so let's just take a moment. Let's pray for Kenny and Vicky, okay? So, Lord God, we just uh, take a moment and we want to 
lift them up to you, Father. We just love them dearly. Lord, uh, we, we just are so grateful for their input in our lives, the relationships that we have, the memories, Lord, the journey that we've been on. And Lord, we just ask you for mercy and grace right now in their time of need. We ask you for breakthrough. We ask you, Lord, to remove this cancer, Lord, that the doctors would know what to do and there, there would be, um, yeah, just the wonder-working power would flow in this situation, Lord. We, we beseech you, Lord God. We add our faith together and we, we suffer with them, Lord, right now. We just, our hearts go out to them and show us how we can pray and help as they go through this time, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And so, um, thank you, Lord. So like even as I'm talking about unity and diversity, because a lot of times people think we gotta, we gotta conform, but that's not a healthy team. If you had a team and all you had, a football team, let's say, and all you had was receivers, how good's that team gonna be? Bunch of little guys running around. That's all you got. No O-line, no defense line. And so uh, we need a balanced team with giftings. And, and some are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And, and some have the gift of healing and the gift of mercy and helps and the gift of administration all flowing together, working together in harmony. Um, but even unity and diversity uh, put together in one word is university. And the original purpose of university was to bring together into unity the study of all the different subjects and disciplines. And so uh, I just believe the Lord wants us to be like Aaron. You remember Aaron, the high priest, the first high priest, and, and the Lord mapped it out with a color display down to the detail of what this priest was to, to be and rep represent and, and what he was to even wear. And uh, Aaron, the high priest, he carried the stones, all the color, different colored stones of each tribe on his heart on the breastplate. And we, we need to be like the, like the priests of, of old, that we carry all the denominations, all the tribes, all the uh, parts of the body of Christ on our hearts, that we're not just about us, me and mine and my denomination, and we put other ones down to prop ourselves up. But we, we need to, like, say, Lord, give me a heart for, for the churches in, across Nashville, the congregations. There's really only one church, many congregations. Amen? And, but we need to be a people that carry God's people, all of his people. And you might go, wow, they really seem to be off with that theology. But they're still professing Jesus, and, and, and Christ is being preached. And Paul kind of resolves that. He goes, hey, you know, bottom line, they got some issues, and I can see this and that, and maybe out of balance here. But... Christ is still being preached. That has value. Amen? It's better than Antichrist. Not everyone's going to have it together, you know? We're not going to have it perfectly together. I pray we can excel into all things of maturity in Christ. But we have to give grace to one another. We have to see, help one another mature and, and find ways to speak life and, and speak gentle with all humility and gentleness. Speak correction. Have you ever had a, a lunch with someone and said, man, okay, here I go, God, I'm going to go in. <laughs> I'm going in like a kamikaze, you know. No, with humility and gentleness. But I, I need to speak some things that I don't know how they're going to receive it. You ever done that? I think it probably needs to be done a lot more than, than we just kind of skirt around issues and then the wounds and divisions in the body of Christ just fester. But to speak truth 
into a situation, into someone's life with all humility and gentleness and say, hey, you know, can I share something with you? Can I submit this to you? And, and we speak it. And, and I, I'm going to tell you, nine times out of ten, whenever I've done that with the right heart and praying for the person beforehand, it really turns out good. It really turns like they go, whoa, thank you for sharing that with me. They're almost like surprised. No one ever tells me that. No one ever corrects me. I'm just going out here flailing, was wondering. And so we need to have courage and maturity to speak words of life and help people grow up into Christ. Amen? Doesn't have to be lunch. It could be coffee. Or you could just catch someone on the street corner. Hey, man, can I tell you something? No one's laughing. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll move on. <laughs> These are some touchy subjects up in here. Okay. For, so we, we know that James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So when we communicate with one another, when we're dealing with sensitive issues, uh, I mean, God gives grace. If you want to be able to, to, to create a, a bridge between one person and another, uh, it's, it's that humility that can, that can drive that truck across. Of course, the bridge is built on trusts. Hello. Human, you know, relationships have trust. Also, there has to be trust if you're really going to bring a heavy package across. So humility and trust, and, and then you can, you can bring messages that otherwise would be rejected. Otherwise, people are afraid to even, even bring, but God gives grace to the humble. We need to start speaking the truth and love to one another like never before here at the end of the age. When there's so much offense. See, what the enemy's trying to do is like, man, everyone's so offended that no one's even going to bother trying anymore. Look at this offended culture. Well, we're to walk in an opposite spirit, which is, which is not an offended people, but a people that can healthily grow up and have divine transactions and speaking truth and love to one another and not getting all offended and bent out of shape and, and you know, taking my to toys and going home because someone rubbed me wrong. That's not the body of Christ. We're to grow up. We have the Spirit of the Lord within us to help us get through this. Amen? And, and the Lord's uh, leadership is a team leadership. It's team. You know, when we think of the five-fold ministry, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, it's, it's a team effort. It's, it's not a one-man show. It takes a team. I'm so grateful for our team here that does so many great exploits and serves so well. And, and, uh, and Peter, uh, you know, you think of the beginning, the conception of, of the New Testament church, and, and it starts off with Peter kind of was the man out front, was kind of the first man in, outspoken, sometimes putting his foot in his mouth. However, he had, a, he had a gifting, he had a calling. He was an extraordinary evangelist right from day one when the Holy Spirit fell. And boom, 3,000 people saved. And, and so he carries it for a while. And then after a while, you see that James, the, the brother of Jesus, he, he's more pastoral, and he becomes really kind of the apostle over the other ones as they start establishing the church. You see the, the anointing start to shift and change, and different people carry, carry the, the, the message or carry the leadership. And, 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 then, and then it goes on, and you, can, you look a little further down the road, and you see, um, of course, Paul comes around as, as the next leader, and, and he's a, a profound teacher, biblical teacher, and uh, his um, mess messages on grace versus law and the new covenant and all these things. And we see all through church history, different people carry different parts, and they even switch out a little bit. You'll be in a lead for a while or, the, or this position, and then someone new comes along, and we need to be able to flow like that and move like that as the Holy Spirit leads. Does this make sense to anyone? 
you think of the, the formation of, of those Canadian geese, you know, this, uh, they, they're flying in those Vs, that, in that, that unique for, formation. I believe it represents victory. If you learn how to, how to do some of that, you're going you're gonna to really go places further than you can normally go. And they say it's up like between 20 to 35% easier to fly in a formation than, than of course, the, but the head goose, the one on the point, it gets tired, it's hitting the headwinds, and it'll get tired, and it has to go switch around, go around to the back and take a rest for a while, and then someone else takes that place. And I believe we can learn from that in the body of Christ. And we need to see one another with the eyes of the Spirit, like who's carrying the anointing? Who's got the lead on this one? There's certain things that I am super happy. I'm just like, I'm glad someone else can lead that because that's their gifting. And recognize that and see and celebrate the different gifting, giftings. Say, man, your, your point on this and your point on that. And then everyone starts to, to work and pull together, and we fly further than we ever could have normally. Is this making sense? I'm trying to get you all to shout a little bit this morning. You're there. Praise him. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay, so First uh, John says, if, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. And so how important is it for us to love our brother? Don't go around and say, oh, I'm all about that. I'm, I, I love God. I love, you know. And, and, and if, if you can't love your brother, uh, Apostle John here basically says hogwash. That's what he says. He says That's a bunch of whatever you want to call it. It doesn't work like that. We have to love our brother. We can say, oh, you know, big celestial thing, lofty, holy words and all this stuff about God. But if we can't love our brother who we see, who's our neighbor, who's tangible, who's right there, who's forgiven like I'm forgiven. If we can't forgive, we can't show mercy when we're in the same boat as he is. He's a, so there, it is critical we start to get this right in the body of Christ as the bride is beautified and united and purified at the end of the age. I love God. If you're going to say that, then you better be attentive to loving your brothers and being at peace with all men as far as it depends on you. Woo! All right. Sir, let me give you one more passage here. Um, now we, Psalms 133, one of the most famous passages on unity. We're talking about stewarding unity. I mean, I believe there'll be a day when, when the Lord's going to talk to us about such things. Were we an enhancement to the body of Christ? Did we help? Were we indifferent? Or did we just kind of go with the, the offended, divisive spirit of our times and brought that even into the church? And so it says, Psalms 133 says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It's like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. And it goes on to say, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, or some translations say his favor, and even life forevermore. How many people want to walk in the favor of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord? Well, it comes through, through walking in unity, living together in unity with your brothers and, the, and it says, how good and pleasant. And when the opposite happened, it's bad and 
nasty <laughs> when we don't live together in unity. And we can do this. Here's the reality is God has said it. He's called us to it. He's given us his Holy Spirit. We can do this. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, we can do this. We might have to have some truthful talks. We might have to, you know, bear our hearts in honesty and sincerity. And, and, and we might have to forgive each other hundreds of times. Who knows? But we can do this. We've been given the tools. We've been given the call and the mandate. Amen? And I want to read to you. Jesus' prayer, because this is so profound, that Jesus prays for all the believers that were to come. That would be us, right? He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, through the disciples' message, those who are to, yet to come, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Wow. What's hang, hanging on this unity, this oneness? That the whole world believing we're legit. We're authentic. We have a solution. While everything else has fallen apart. I have given them the glory that you gave me. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. And may they be brought to complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Profound. I mean, you think of what's being said there. And I love in verse 22, it says, I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one. How many people, we don't normally connect the glory of God, the glory that was on Jesus' life that came from the Father. We don't connect it with unity, with oneness, but he said, I've given them a glory for the purpose of oneness. What if we start to say, Lord, I want to walk in that, that glory and that anointing and that spirit of unity, the bond of peace. You said you've given it to me. Now let it manifest in my life. Make me a, he a healer of the body of Christ. Repairing the breaches. Thank you, Jesus. Second Chronicles 30, 12. Look at this verse. This is powerful. I just found this this morning. Also, in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and the officials had ordered and following the word of the Lord. So the, the hand of God came upon the people to give them the unity of mind so they could carry out their leader's orders and to follow the word of the Lord, which hopefully are the same that spiritual leaders and even a, a godly king has the word of the Lord. He dispenses it to the people, and the people either go for it or they don't, right? There's a lot of independence and rebellion in America, okay? And so, uh, but in this case, you see that it was the hand of God that came upon the people, enabling them, empowering them to actually do this with one heart and one mind. What if the Lord's trying to release a message right now to the body of Christ in America and, and, and trying to bring us together like we've never been before in one accord so that spirit could fall, so that revival could break out, so that reformation could come, so that the best days of America are still ahead of us, which I believe they are. I know there's a lot of dismal reports, and I think we are hanging in the balance, but I believe we are the tipping point. The body of Christ and how she handles herself in such times will determine what direction our nation goes. And so if we become a people of honor, humility, unity, what would happen? 
You're the hinge of history. You might go, oh, man, I'm just a little guy. Man, not much depends on me. I can't do that much. I mean, there's just a lot of big stuff going down, and it's kind of dismal, and it looks like it's going to be worse from here on out. You know, maybe Jesus would come and get, snatch us out of the rapture. That's a bright spot. But besides that, man, it's looking bad, and I'm just, you know, I'm just buying ammo from here on out, you know. <laughs> but here's, here's what, I, what I believe. I believe that in the darkest hour where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. That's either true or it's not. So right now when things are looking dark and divisive and, and you know, is there going to be upheaval in America again? And, the, 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 you know, all these things that, that we see just before us, there's a grace to step into for the body of Christ. That you could become a prophetic voice for such times. When, when there's nothing but chaos and Babylon and confusion. I'll read you one more passage here. Romans 15, 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and with one mouth you may glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, back to the endurance, the encouragement. Let's, let's go ahead and do we have the keyboard? No, we don't have any, I thought you guys were already up there. Could have swore I saw them go back there. Oh, they're there. They're. <laughs> let's, just go, let's just go where the Holy Spirit wants us now. I think you guys hear what I'm saying. How many people are cultivating a passion for unity? So if we don't value it, it's kind of over before we start. If we don't see it the way God sees it and, 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 and cherish it and protect it, it's kind of like our human nature will just take over, even in the church, sometimes especially in the church. I mean, the devil loves to hide behind a religious spirit more than anything. Huh. You ever read about relig religious wars? They're like a lot of times the most ferocious, vicious, merciless wars there are, fueled by a religious spirit saying, I'm going to kill my brother in the name of my religion. But we're to be a people of an opposite spirit. And yet at the same time, it's, it's, a, it's a careful thing. But at the same time, we have to speak the truth in love. We have to do our part. We have to warn those who are divisive. But we have to be, I love how, again, how it starts. Be completely humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one another. And out of that countenance, out of that character, that quality of person says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Lord, we ask that you would help us, Lord, in such divisive times, Lord, such polarization. We see it happening before our eyes, Lord, and it's affecting the church, Lord. And yet you've called us to be a standard, Lord. And we know some, it's just dividing the wheat from the chaff, and we see there's some things that need to be separated. And, but Lord, may those who profess the name of Jesus and who are authentic followers of you, Lord, may they rise to this standard, Lord, with endurance, with encouragement for one another. We can do this. The spirit of unity, valuing every part of the body of Christ, 
valuing the diversity and understanding, seeing one another with the different gifts, saying, this is awesome. We got all the players for this team. We can make a mighty team out of this. Championship team. Did you know the body of Christ is called to be a championship team? We win. If you read the book, we win. Those who are of his nature, of his spirit, overthrow even the greatest darkness of our times. We thank you, Lord. I just wanted to take a moment now and let's, let's ask Holy Spirit to just examine our hearts, our minds, and maybe bring conviction where we've been divisive, where we've been a gossip, or when we've put someone down to put ourselves up or put another ministry down to prop ourselves up, or wherever we've not been a healing power in the body of Christ, Lord, we ask you for repentance, Lord. We ask you for clean hands and pure hearts, Lord, that you'd give us even a new beginning where we've been divisive within our own family, Lord, where we need to build a bridge, where we need to reach out, where we need to understand more, listen more, whatever it is, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just go ahead and welcome the Holy Spirit into your heart and your mind and your relationships and say, Lord, would you make me a healing vessel? Lord, would you, wherever I go, Lord, could I promote unity, the unity of the Spirit, a bond of peace? Help us, Lord. As far as it depends on us, Lord, we want to we want to be righteous. We want to do what's right. We want to steward this unity. Thank you, Jesus. Would you heal us, Lord? Heal us, Lord. Heal our city. Heal the body of Christ in this region, Lord. Remove from us our territorialism, our tribalism. One body, many different parts, different functions. Thank you, Jesus. Help us carry all the stones of all the tribes on our heart like Aaron did, Lord. Give us eyes to see one another as you see us, Lord. Remove from us hearts of stones where we've given up on entire portions of the body of Christ. Soften our heart again, Lord. You know, the Bible talks about a ministry of reconciliation that was given to us, to the believers. A ministry of reconciliation. That means when people have suffered division and even grown, grown hostile to one another. To be reconciled means to be made friendly again. Lord, that we could be mediators where there's been division and hostility and the oil to make it the gears flow again, Lord. The ministry of reconciliation. I believe there's some people here that your your heart kind of jumped when you heard that. It's like, wow, I want to be that. I want to I want to be able to help reconcile brothers and divisions and help us, Lord. Help us, God. Help us be believable in our culture, Lord. That 
we wouldn't look just as divided as the rest of society, Lord. Wash us, Lord. Wash us this morning. I'm just going to ask Callie maybe to sing a bit of this. This is about that we literally are a tabernacle by which the Spirit dwells. So we're all living stones being built together to be a place that hosts the Holy Spirit. As we come together as a community like this, as a family, with different functions and different parts, different stones, but living stones being brought together to be a place by where God's Spirit dwells. Just receive this and be in a place of prayer. We're going to kind of receive ministry through this song. And I am a tabernacle of love, of love. I am a tabernacle of your hope through us to the hopeless
yourselves pray in the spirit whatever it takes but let's just take a moment and let's let's sow into this let's say yes lord we believe because you said so five minutes right now and 30 second prayers praying into unity let's just begin to pray just come up don't be shy 30 second prayers unity i just kept on uh, uh feeling like the holy spirit was saying that this is an intercessory house that intercedes on behalf of unity in this city and so, Father, Lord, we just pray in the name of Jesus. We just enter, we just contend for this city. We just contend for every church, Lord, that you would make us one as you, as you, you, Father, are one with us, Lord, that you, you said they would know me by your love. And, Father, Lord, I just pray, Jesus, Lord, we would just intercede for unity, corporate unity, the big C church. Lord, you would bind us together in perfect unity. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus, just today that we pray, we've heard so many times to be the hands and feet, your hands and feet, God, but I pray that we be your hands to be able to lift each other up. God, whenever we're down, whenever we're going through something, God, but not to be able to push them down, but to be able to pull them back up, God, but to also be your feet to the body, God, for us to be able to walk out our faith together. God that no matter what comes our way, whatever comes our way, Jesus, that we are a family together, our city, our community, God, our nation, that we're able to see where we're supposed to go, God, and that we walk it out together in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you are the Father, that you love fatherly, motherly, child bonds, and we ask you to break down all hostility between mothers 
fathers, sons, daughters, aunts, uncles, cousins. God, we ask you to break down what the enemy has put between fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, and today let it melt before your presence. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you're removing the root of comparison from the hearts of man, that we would be motivated to love one another and not to compare our gift sets, not to compare where we're at in life, but God, that we would be motivated to push each other forward and to even come alongside each other and to support each other in our gifts and, and advancing the kingdom, God, that we would see it as advancing the kingdom and eternal impact. And wouldn't it be about me, my, and mine, but Lord, that it would be about us, it would be ours, it would be about we, that we would support each other in what we're doing for the kingdom advancing the kingdom, removing the root of comparison. In Jesus' name. Just have one more after Karen, and that's what we'll do for this morning. Father, I just have a heart for Nashville that you would just unite the church in Nashville in Jesus' name. God, that we would be the city of light to the to the United States, that from Nashville, we would um, that, that churches around the nation would see unity, and uh, that you would just convict the hearts of those in the church, God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Yeshua, I ask that you come into all of us, that you only allow us to feel unity, only be in our vicinity, allow us to take out any enemy. Let us be your sanctuary, be around us, be confounding us and allow us to find you. Don't allow any demons to let us be able, unable to find you. Don't let us to be binded. Allow us to be with you, in you forever eternally we seek you heavenly father we want you we want you here right now fill us with your holy spirit fill us with your holy spirit fill us with your holy spirit praise be to the father son and the holy spirit please heavenly father come in us right now heavenly father touch us touch us touch us touch us in the name of yeshua i pray amen praise be to the father son and holy spirit Father, for this message. We ask right now that there would be a shift in our church, that we can walk in that deep love, Lord, for each other, and that we would be a church that speaks truth and love. And I pray right now also that our church would be one that quickly forgives and lets go of offense. We thank you for hearing us in Jesus' name. Daddy God, we just thank you for unity. We thank you that it's already a done deal in your kingdom. We ask you to help us walk it out. We ask you to help us know how to bow our knee and, and lift our hands and praise you and love our neighbors as you deserve. Lord, it's not even about us. It's about you getting us out of the way. Lord, we ask you that you would bind together all generations in the body. We ask that you would bind together every kind of worker in the body, every kind of profession, Lord. Every, every sphere of influence, Lord, will be under you. And as we draw closer to you, you draw us all together in unity. For you are the center, King Jesus. And we love you and we worship you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Let's just sing this one last time and we'll seal it. Put your heart in me.
corporately in us. Put your heart in one, us. One heart, Put one mind. One army us. rising up. Father, we thank you for this privilege, this, this priestly privilege, Lord, to bring the body together, Lord, to reconcile the ministry of reconciliation, healing, being at peace with all people as far as it depends on us, Lord. Give us eyes to see one another as you see us, Lord. Unite and ignite your body, your bride, like never before, Lord. We thank you we get to be part of this, Lord. give you praise, Lord. Help us steward unity in our lifetime with excellence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Go in peace.